0: but they were each only used by one single soldier. She quickly got rich this way, with the guarantee that the women were not spreading foul disease. If the soldiers who felt choked by Mama Kalung's merciless tariff decided to marry their concubines instead, she would demand an even more expensive indemnity fee. Meanwhile, she still rented the old prostitutes out to whoever was interested. For these whores... She even had new customers to take the place of the soldiers, the sailors and dock workers. During the last years of colonial power, it is fair to say that she was the richest woman in Halemunda. She bought land sold by farmers who had lost everything at the gambling table and rented it back to them until her property extended almost the entire length of the foothills. Her holdings were exceeded perhaps only by the Dutch plantations. She was like a small queen in that city. Everyone respected her, the natives and the Dutch alike. She rode a horse-drawn carriage wherever she went to take care of her business matters, the most important of which remained the women who peddled their private parts. Her public presentation was incredibly proper, with a tight sarong and a cabaya blouse and her hair in a bun. Of course, she wasn't as skinny as she used to be, and this was when the people following the habit of the young prostitutes began calling her Mama. No one knows who started it, but her name then grew longer to become Mama Kalung. She liked that name, and soon everyone, even she herself, had forgotten what her real name used to be. Now, after all, the other kingdoms have collapsed. In Halemunda, there is a new kingdom said an intoxicated Dutch soldier at the tavern. And that is the kingdom of Mama Kalung! Even though, of course, she was greedy, she never wanted to make her young prostitutes suffer. In fact, quite the opposite. She tended to spoil them, like a granny, taking care of a horde of grandchildren. She had servants who would heat warm water for them so that they could bathe after exhausting lovemaking sessions. On certain days, she gave them the day off and took them on outings to a nearby waterfall. She brought in the best tailors to make their clothes, and above all, their health was her highest priority. Because, she said, the most exquisite pleasure is to be found in a healthy body. Then the Dutch soldiers left and the Japanese soldiers came. But amid that era of change, Mama Kalong's whorehouse remained exactly the same. She served the Japanese soldiers just as graciously as she had served her previous customers, and even sought out fresher, younger girls. One day she was called in by the civil and military authorities for a brief interrogation. It was nothing too troubling. Basically, a number of high-ranking Japanese military officials in the city wished to have their own private whores, separate from the prostitutes for the low-ranking officers, and especially separate from those used by the dock workers and the fishermen. They wanted new prostitutes who were truly pristine and excellently cared for. And Mama Kalong had to find those girls as quickly as possible because, just as she herself had said before, the men were dying from sexual frustration. It's easy, sir, she said, to find girls like that. Tell me where? The prisoners of war replied Mama Kalong shortly. When afternoon came and a number of Japanese men began to arrive, the girls began running frantically back and forth. They tried to find some crack through which to slip away, but every place was already guarded. The house's fairly large yard was surrounded by a high wall with just one gate in front and a small door in the back, neither of which could possibly be breached. A number of girls tried to climb onto the roof of the house as if they hoped they could fly away or find a rope there that they could climb up into the sky. I already tried everything, said Dewi Ayu. There is no escape. We are going to become prostitutes, shrieked Ola, collapsing and weeping. It's actually worse than that, said Dewi Ayu. I don't think we're even going to get paid. Another girl named Helena immediately accosted the Japanese officers who appeared and accused them of violating their human rights as outlined in the Geneva Convention. Not just the Japanese, but even Dewi Ayu laughed out loud.